Today on Cutting Oranges, I'm chatting with someone who's had a different lens on AFLW, Steph Camelli. To the women's footy world, Steph is best known as She Scores, an Instagram page showcasing all the moments in and around women's footy. Steph has worked tirelessly over the past six years creating a safe and comfortable space to champion the players through her photography. I can't wait for you to hear more about Steph's story. Steph, thank you so much for joining me on Cutting Oranges. How are you? Yeah, I'm really good. A little tired, hectic part of the year, but um, yeah, faring really well. Yeah, you just been um, shooting games most weekends? Yeah, yep. A couple. It's been very busy. Yeah, awesome. Well, I... Yeah, I have been a long-time admirer of your work, so I'm very excited to be having this conversation with you. Um, we'll just start at the beginning. Um, tell me a bit about yourself growing up and what your parents got up to. Um, growing up, uh, came from Dalesford, um, so was born in Ballarat. Um, family lived in Dalesford at the bottom of a gully. Um, my cousins lived above the hill and, um, or on top of the hill, sorry, and all that kind of separated us were um, my grandfather's vineyards. Um, so I grew up very kind of close, tight-knit family. Um, spent my kinder year in Dalesford and then um, dad has his own business. So I uh, moved up to Melbourne um, the year that I started primary school. Um, got two younger sisters, twins, um, obviously growing up I kind of was an only child for the first three years, so it was a little bit difficult. Living the good life. Of, yeah, living the good life, <laughs> and getting all the more. perks, and then um, <laughs> trying to adjust, I guess, to having um, a little bit of competition. Yeah, double. Yeah, double trouble, for That's sure. Tough. Um, but yeah, just kind of like enjoyed, enjoyed feeding the chickens and running up to the chicken coop and collecting the eggs. And um, I kind of speak to a couple of my mates now about um, growing up there, and I... I say a lot of times that I I just never would change it. Um, yeah, you've probably got a similar kind of story where it's you just get to run around and like my first pet was a, a pet lamb and you just kind of just like random stuff like that that mm. you'd never kind of come across in the city. Yeah, yeah, I often think about that because, um, yeah, a lot of my friends grew up in the busy, bustling streets of Melbourne mm. and it's it's like, how, where did you run and play or yeah. – or, I just think it would be strange having to like organise to go and play at the park or go oh, and play absolutely. at an oval, like rather than just step outside and just yeah, run even around. just like riding your bike around or like getting on the motorbikes and you know riding through the bush, like mm. stuff like that. Um, yeah, lucky to have been able to experience it at a young age. I think. Yeah, I think you just programmed a bit different if you grow up in. Yeah, kind of sorts <laughs> yeah. you out a bit, doesn't it? Like you fall <laughs> yeah. over, no one's there. All right, you get back yeah, up no and one's you sort around. yourself out. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, nice. And were you in- interested in sport um, growing up? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so my uh, dad's brother lived up the hill from us and he had five kids, still has five kids, um, and they were all involved in country footy netball. So mm-hmm. my weekends were spent um, down at the Hepburn Footy Club. My auntie was running the canteen. My uncle was really involved in all of that kind of stuff. Um and so, yeah, my weekends were spent hanging out of the ute or, you know, sitting by a netball court or watching the boys play. Um, so I was constantly, it was constantly a, a thing that mm. kind of kept reappearing in life. And then um, obviously 
you know, you move into primary school. I was constantly playing with the boys and I think there were maybe two other girls or three other girls that, that would run and grab the footy at, at little lunch um, and got the shock of my life when I was sent to an all-girls school and the girls were sitting on the basketball courts not playing, just mm. talking. Um, I think that was, a, that was a big eye-opener for me, massive. Yeah, so you were so you were always very interested in footy, like even growing up, obviously yeah. a footy netball club in any country town is like the heartbeat of it. Um, yeah. Did you find yourself drawn to footy even then or, or was yeah, it Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think footy has always kind of been a constant for me. The one thing I, I remember not liking about uh, netball was the fact that like you couldn't touch, like you, there was no contact. Mm. Um, and for me... It was just kind of a way to kind of assert my strength in a space where I kind of knew that I was the underdog, mm. um, and I really liked that. So uh, footy was, yeah, it was. It's always been a, a massive part of my life. Um, I remember this one time actually, my my cousin was having, oh, it would have been like a fifteenth or an eighteenth or something down at the footy club birthday party, um, and Dalesford's not the warmest part of uh, the state, and. We went down and it was raining outside and there was a footy in the corner and I remember I reckon I was probably 10 or 12 and I grabbed the footy and spent the entire night outside in the rain just lining up for goal after goal after goal (laughs) and I'd run in, grab a drink and back out I'd go Um, and a lot of the guys there were just like, oh gee, like you'd be all right, you know, having it and at that time nothing existed, you know, outside of Auskick and whatever it was, under 12s or under 16s and then you kind of had to throw in the towel. Yeah, mm. all right. But that, I, I don't know if you found that, but those moments, they were like the time to shine. Like I remember halftime kicks, like yeah. everything like that. Like I remember growing up, um, I live on a, we live in Markwood, which is just outside of Wangaratta, and the we've got like a patch of lawn out the front of the house and it's a 100-kilometre road. Mm. And if if I was kicking with my brothers or by myself, and I saw a car approaching, that yep. was like showtime. Yep. Like I yep. would I would wait, I would hold the ball so I could either like try to drill a pass or like try to bomb one yeah. just as the car was passing or like make sure I'd try to time my mark so I could dive at the last minute or like try to take it yeah. a specky um, yep. just on yeah. the off occasion that like they turned their head as they were driving. Yeah. And or it saw was a like scout for some club <laughs> that saw this, yeah, little yeah. gem. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Those are the moments. Yep. So you're just out there kicking on your own. Yeah, out there kicking on my own. Um, yeah, good time. Yeah, good times. But just to kind of know that um, there was such an opportunity missed, I think. Um, like, we can't control time, but mm. you kind of look at those kinds of things and I think over time they kind of um, – you kind of look back and you can see more and more instances where it was like, if only this was available, if only, if only, mm. if only. Um, yeah, I look now at some of the young girls coming through and I'm like, you, you don't know how lucky you are that mm. you've got everything laid out for you and you can just move from one to the next Yeah, and progress really kind of organically through the system. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, I, I think at the time you don't really notice it or acknowledge it because you don't know any no, different. Absolutely. But then looking back and looking at... The differences now yeah it's awesome well I mean like for instance when I was a kid I used to dream about playing footy on the MCG mm. but it was never against girls it was against you know James Hurd or mm. you know whoever was kind of the Nathan Buckley like the in players at the time yeah I was playing against them 
yep. to like a roaring crowd Friday night at the G. So weird. But now girls can dream about playing with an Aaron Phillips or a Darcy Vessio. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, that is wild. Mm. You would have gone all right, I reckon. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so you said um, you got a rude shock when you started going to an all-girls school. Um, did you continue to play sport throughout that time? or? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I wanted to continue playing footy. Uh, mum didn't let me. Traditional Italian parents, you're going to get hurt. I don't want you to get hurt. Mm. Don't play contact sport. Uh, and moved into playing basketball. Um, did a bunch of stuff when I was a kid, basketball, karate, swimming, mm. um, tennis, and then just kind of stuck with basketball until I was 18. Um, that was good. I didn't mind that. But I think footy was still kind of on the radar and didn't yeah. realise that anything was available um, until I started first year uni uh, and went to the sports carnival in O Week because I needed to find something that uh, kind of lent itself to meeting new people, making friends and that kind of thing. Um, had no idea that women's footy was a thing and then mm. moved uh, moved around the space and was actually going to sign up to play soccer and there was no one at the table and I turned the corner and Melbourne University Women's Football Club mm. and I was like, are you joking? This is... <laughs> what? Yeah, didn't know it existed, um, signed up that day and never really looked back. It's wild. It's wild how this whole world can exist and you don't even know it's yeah, there. Yeah, absolutely. Like, like I didn't know it was there. But you were in Melbourne and you didn't know it yeah, was there. Yeah, had no idea. It's just bubbling, bubbling away. Yeah. Just its own little little yeah. culture. And from there, so you, you found your way back into footy. But you never actually played football, is that right? You always just had a kick around. Uh, not until 18. Yeah. Yeah. So then I kind of joined um, Melbourne Uni, played half a season, um, did my knee that season and then was like, oh, that's the end, you know, whatever. Um, but I think uh, it took a couple of years off and then decided to kind of move back into the space. Mm. Um, but was always kind of connected. There were always people that would pop up or you'd run into people, you know, at the supermarket or whatever. Um, so it was always just kind of like um, – I liken it to like, like – uh, an itch on your back that you can't quite get to. Like it's always <laughs> there and it never goes away until you finally get it. Mm. And I think that was kind of what footy was like for me for a long time um, until I got kind of – until I got my hands dirty and decided that I was going to get involved properly. Um, yeah, and then the rest is history, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> and and where does photography intersect in this um, oh. footy journey were you like growing up were you creative as well or uh creative in a different way so I used to sing and dance around the house all the time mm -hmm. um I had an American accent I think until I was maybe three or four because <laughs> did I watched you pick that up uh, Barney the dinosaur <laughs> <laughs> um so it was constant singing dancing uh loved all that and then realized that um I wasn't really one who loved attention so moved away from that quite yeah. a bit uh, and very quickly and then, um, yeah, so uni uni happened. Um, I studied science first mm -hmm. and uh, with the intention, I guess, of moving into medicine. Um, studied science for three years, did whatever I needed to do uh, to get into med. So I was at, I was at Melbourne Uni, hence the, the muggers. Um, and it got to a point where I'd finished my degree. Um, I'd been offered a position in Perth 
to study med. And for me, that was a massive move. Like family's huge to me. Um, really close with, you know, my immediate family, my grandparents and aunties and uncles and things mm. like that. Um, so moving half, or, you know, across the country for something that I I wasn't 100% sure that that's what I was, that I wanted to do, um, kind of played a lot on my mind. So mm. I did a bit of reassessing and um, deferred my position for a year and thought I'm going to take a year off. Um, the degree wasn't the best for my mental health. So there was a lot going on, I think, at the time. Um, a lot of kind of questions I had around what I wanted to do, who I wanted to be, my identity, mm. a lot of stuff was going on. And um, I think that year was kind of a breakout for me. I found who I was. I just tried a bunch of different things. Um, and I, I kind of think like a lot of young people need to test the waters with a lot of things mm. in life because you're just not sure what you want to do. Yeah. Um, and I think it, at 18, it was really tough for me to make a decision on who I wanted to be and what I wanted to do in such a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, deferred the position and picked up a camera was one of the first or second things that I decided to do um, and then started shooting. I enrolled in short courses. I went to the tennis. So my uncle and I go to the tennis every year. Mm-hmm. We've been doing that for about 20, 25 years now. Um, and, yeah, would just bring a camera along. Decided that I really liked sport um, or shooting sports, I guess, and – that was my way of staying involved in a space where if I couldn't contribute by being on the field, mm-hmm. it was a way that I could contribute being off the field. And I think that was the logic with with going through medicine as well. If I wasn't good enough to, to be a player, um, my contribution would be to fix the players or, mm-hmm. you know, to help them out in that respect, get them back on the field. Uh, so, yeah, I think it was a, a lot of different things kind of, um, synced up really nicely in in a weird way. I mean, hindsight's a wonderful thing. I look back and I can connect all the dots. But mm. at the time, I had no idea what I was doing. I was like, you, you know, I'm moving from a, a potentially, you know, really stable job with, with a decent income that I can really rely on and set myself up with mm-hmm. to moving into something where it's like, you know, this is really fun for me. It's a creative thing. I need to actively go and seek out work all the time. Um and potentially, you know, not reap the financial rewards, but reap the rewards that really kind of fill my soul with with mm. good stuff. So um, yeah. decided to take that path instead. Yeah, amazing, mm. amazing. And did I read that um, she scores was born from a university project? Can yeah. you tell me about that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so after my year off, I decided that photography was what I really wanted to do. And I wanted to push that. Uh, so on a whim, I enrolled at RMIT. I was like, I'll just give this a crack. I'll see what it's like, you know, learn how to use lights, learn how to use my camera properly, whatever, um, and and got in. And so the first – it was a three-year course, and the first two years I didn't shoot sport once. And I thought, well, this is kind of the stuff that I really want to shoot, whether it's for a newspaper or, you know, some sort of agency or whatever – um, it's it's the kind of thing that I really want to do and I haven't been given that opportunity to do it. Mm. So I kind of grabbed the bull by the horns and thought, well, if I haven't done it in two years, I need to kind of get, you know, get going on this and, and give it a proper crack. So the third year came along and we had the opportunity to work on uh, a kind of self-directed project for the entire year and it started off where 
um, I was placed with with a tutor who was kind of wanted to push me in a more kind of fine arty direction. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time, I was kind of optimistic and hopeful, and I so I tried a few things around that and thought, no, this isn't working. Um, thankfully, an ex teammate from Melbourne Uni was uh, one of the other tutors, so I went up to her and I and I said to her, oh, you know, Flipper, I this is the kind of thing that I want to do. I feel like I'm not really getting the support that I need. Can I move into your class? Mm. She was like, yep, tell me what you want to do. Let's make it happen. And I think for me that was a godsend because she she understood what I wanted to do with the work. And for me it wasn't something that – because I'd made such a big move or, or career move, let's say, mm. from med to, to something creative. It was – for me it was something where – I really kind of ne- – this was serious for me. Like mm. this was my last chance, yep. say, um, and I wanted to make it worthwhile. So it was never about just completing – ticking the boxes or, you know, completing the project as I wanted it to to kind of end when my degree en- ended. Mm. It was more um, – I wanted to create something with longevity that um, was – a a safe space in the same way that women's footy was a safe space for me to be who I was. Mm-hmm. I wanted this project to be a safe space for women to, I guess, uh, be showcased in the way that I saw them and that I experienced women's sport mm-hmm. because I never saw that in a media space um, growing up or moving through uni and, like, actually researching a little bit about what women's sport meant in that media landscape. Mm-hmm. And at the time, I think it was um, 2016, there wasn't – we didn't have, you know, outer sanctums or sirens or, mm. you know, those kinds of female-empowered media spaces. Yeah. It was just, you know, this much in next to the horse races in the back of the paper. Mm. Yeah, so I really wanted to create something that was kind of um, – really gave back to the community that had helped me find who I was and created a space where I was completely comfortable. I wanted to give back to that and mm. that was my way of doing it. Yeah. Yeah. And you, and so did you start shooting Muggers games? Was that sort of the first step in? No, actually. Um, you, the Falks. The Falks. Was the first game I ever shot. So um, it was down at, at the old ground, the old stomping ground for the Falks. Yeah, and the cap. Yep. And it was a cold, wintry morning and you were playing uh, the Western Spurs from memory. Ah, yes. Yep. And I had loaned out the largest lens I could from the shop at uni and I said to the guy, will this be okay for me to shoot footy with? And he was like, yep, take that. You're going to need a monopod. And I was like, well, I don't have one. I'm just going to use my hands. And he's like, it's heavy. And I Mm. said, that's fine. It's okay. So I took it. And I was carting around this massive lens with me mm. and just roamed the sidelines and shot footy. And that was the first the first day. I remember I had a couple of friends playing on both sides. Um, and, yeah, first day and I've, I've never looked back since. Yeah, amazing. And what uh, did it feel like shooting that first game? Uh, I was a little apprehensive, I'll be honest. Mm. I think uh, the, the landscape's changed a lot since then. Yeah. Um, but even just pulling up on the sideline and being that close to the players. you, mm. I think even now I think a lot of people that that's a little bit um, kind of not anxiety inducing but you're kind of not sure if you're meant to be there or if you're allowed to stand there or, you know, what you're allowed to do or what you're not allowed to do. So yeah. for me it was 
kind of like, oh, well, I'm just I'm just going to kind of wing it and see how I go. Mm-hmm. Um, and after the first game, second game, third game, it's like everything, you pick it up quite easily and then you just move in and you kind of walk around with a bit more confidence and you can kind of assert your space a little more. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the first time, first time I was very nervous, but uh, yeah. now it's a lot easier to kind of walk in. I know what I'm doing. I've got everything set up, so... Yeah, and as you yeah. said, you wanted to create a, a safe space which championed women. And I think I remember the first time I sort of saw you popping up on like Instagram. Yeah. And I noticed that you were, you know, you were always tagging the right people. Like you were very particular about detail. Um, and that was something new. Like it wasn't just, oh, I'm shooting Darabin and Spurs or yeah. like it, like it was very detailed. Like you ma- made a point of, making sure that girls knew that you were there. And, um, yeah, I guess was, was there much thought behind doing that, like making sure that you were really particular with details and um, showing that care, I guess? I think I'm – well, firstly, I'd, I want to say thank you to you because you were a very early supporter of the work. I loved it. Um, I, as soon as it came up, yeah. I was like, this is awesome. Yeah. Like, yeah. And you were the first person? person to always just message, hey, you're doing a great job, like mm. shooting encouragement. So that was, it's, it's always well received, but um, especially at that time when I was starting out, that was a massive pat on the back because um, I think I could kind of sense following the news and what was going on, um, especially with the introduction of AFLW and, and the potential for girls to that I was shooting to mm. potentially be moving into a space that uh, I think was a re- it was a ma- it was a massive move on on in many different ways I think um, but for girls to be moving into a space that I always thought was really unknown mm. and for one of those girls who was potentially going to be moving into that space to just be like hey I see you like you're doing some good stuff keep it up was really encouraging for me. And I think that was a massive driver in continuing to work on my craft so that I could then contribute Mm -hmm. to what you guys were bringing or girls were bringing to the game. Um, And now I've forgotten the question, detail. Um, (laughs) Yes, very – I've always been kind of detail-oriented. So Mm -hmm. I think giving the girls a space – where they, where I saw them in their kind of natural state playing sport mm-hmm. and then being able to acknowledge that and being like, I see you, for mm-hmm. me that's massive. So just acknowledging that they were there and making sure that there were times where I, I picked out the wrong girls and I made sure that that was addressed and that, that it was fixed. Mm-hmm. Um, but just being like, I see you. I see that you've worked for, you know, 80 minutes You've fallen over 50 times. You've stood up 51. Um, and here's a document of, you know, you having worked really hard to to win a ball or whatever. To me, that was super important. Even little things, I think. And that that's kind of where um, I guess sometimes it differentiates my work from from other people's. Mm. I, I like looking for the details. I like shooting stuff that you know, if the balls have, if there's something going on down the other end of the field, I know I'm not going to shoot it, but I like turning and looking at what's going on on the bench or, mm. you know, the, in the huddle, someone's getting their knee strapped up or ice bags put on, you know, ankles or whatever, that kind of stuff. I really, I really like looking for. Mm. It's like a game. Yeah. It's kind of fun. Yeah. 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 It, yeah it's like its own sport. Yeah. And do you go into a game 
with certain things you want to focus on because I like I've heard Michael Wilson talk about like he gets a brief before a game and mm-hmm. um, I guess things that are hot topics in the media, milestone games, things like that. Mm. But I guess as you're shooting independently, you get to completely drive that yourself. So yeah. what sort of informs where you point? Um, well, I don't really go in with with any kind of set list of things that I want to shoot. Um, mm. I try and keep on top of the news so I understand if there's – a big story breaking or there's something going on um, and I try and direct my attention to little things like that. But if that's not happening happening organically, I just kind of can the idea and focus on other things. Mm. Um, Indigenous Round, I think, that just passed would be a good example. I know that a lot, like, you know, for Indigenous Round, a lot of the girls get their shoes painted by particular artists or um, make certain statements you know, political statements or whatnot. Um, so I, I can understand that and things like that are kind of a bit of a focal point for me because it's a point of difference from every other round. Yeah. Um, in terms of, like, game time and things like that, um, I, Indigenous round, again, would be an example. Where I was shooting the Richmond, Richmond-Geelong game and it's just paying attention to what's going on around you. I feel mm. like if I'm shooting by myself... I'm very much in a state of flow. It's almost like a, a meditative state for me. Like I'm paying attention to what's going on around me, but mm-hmm. between here and the end of the lens, for yeah. me, it's almost like one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the Richmond game, there were 40 seconds to go and I remember seeing the runner out of the corner of my eye run out and Richmond was, was score, their scoring end was the pocket that I was sitting in. Mm-hmm. So Katie Brennan captain of, the, of Richmond, they're about to win. I could sense that. And the runner came out and was like, you know, there's 30 seconds to go. Yeah. And that was like my head was just like ping, focus on Katie. Yeah. She's the target here. Mm-hmm. And it didn't matter what was going on. The ball was coming backwards and forwards mm-hmm. and my just focus was her. just on Katie because I knew, like, this is historic for them. She's the skipper. She's going to celebrate in a way that is probably going to be a bit more than normal. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. I got a shot of her celebrating, so I was I was happy with that, and that kind of took off a little bit, which was nice. Mm. But yeah, I mean, it's just it's very much being being present and paying attention to what's going on around you, mm. not just what you're looking at. There's a lot of sounds going on, and you know, you're hearing things off the bench, and yeah. players kind of being a bit lippy and whatnot. So you can kind of pick up on moods and tensions and momentum changes, massive. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I was gonna say because you would. I'm sure you might go into the game thinking a certain thing and then as the the game shifts and you're hearing whispers around the ground, like it just completely shifts your focus on something else. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, cool. And do you ever, um, I guess, like I don't know how wide or how tight you shoot, like Mm. do you ever take photos and then you notice something in a photo that you didn't notice when you were taking it or are you pretty sharp on like Um, you know what you've got? In that moment. No, I never know what I've got. <laughs> <laughs> it um it takes it takes a while to sift through everything. I think mm. towards the end of a game I'll know um if there's been a moment. Um I know like with the doggies game and, and Deanna Berry when she kind of did a knee, I was very attentive to what was going on. Yeah. Um and so I knew towards the end of the game I had a little bit of stuff. If there's anything, you know, monumental that happens, I feel like I'll I'll flick back, but most of the time I'm not really looking at what, what's happened. It's very much like a present effort mm-hmm. to stay in the moment and make sure I'm capturing what I can when I can. Mm-hmm. 
and then I worry about the rest later on. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's good. Stay in the moment. That's very, very footy. Well, you have to. Well, it's not, you know, I mean, footy's not – the girls aren't going to wait for me to, to, you know, adjust my settings and make mm. sure that I'm all sorted. It's everything – it's, you know, everything goes. Nobody stops. Yeah. So there's no point me stopping. Yeah. I'm just stuff that way. <laughs> and, like, you play such an important role in documenting – everything that's happening like because you've been here before AFLW you've been there for the first game and everything that's happening up until now Mm. I guess what role do you see yourself playing in that space um I think it's a group effort Mm. there are a lot of people that have been around the space for a really long time um fellow photographers Rusty Vicky they've been around for you know years before I was even on the scene so they're the OGs yeah absolutely they're the ones that brave it and you know go down and shoot community footy and and work their way up and shoot AFL one day Mm. and you know under 18s the next so um it's a real group effort and I think uh it's the same with with reporting and and like that journalism side around it around AFLW as well I think it's very much a community effort um and the web that that's created around the girls that are actually playing it, I think really kind of intertwines nicely with, you know, with each element, I guess. So you've got like the photo stuff and if, if mm-hmm. I can help the reporting side in some way, I tend to do that. If if Rusty's out shooting and he's at a game that I'm not at, there's still ways for girls to access everything almost. So mm-hmm. it's... um. It's a really nice kind of community. So it's not it's definitely not just one person that contributes to the space and that's their mm-hmm. job and it's done. It's very much you're doing this, I'm doing that, you're yeah. down that end, so you've got everything, I'm down this end, so I get everything down this end. So it's it's very much a collaborative effort without kind of stating that it's a collaborative effort. Mm. Almost. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. It almost um I guess I feel like a lot of the media that covers AFLW like it is from that grassroots community level and it is like a it feels like a protective like a safety net I think for us girls I think because you've come from community footy and you've shot for a long time like there's that real element of trust um and and protectiveness like Mm. I think all the girls know um like everyone's intentions and that sort of thing, which I think is really important. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I like think even with um, coming from community footy, there's this there's this massive before AFLW. If you were at one club, you were pretty much at that club for life. Yeah, you'd never go to a rivals club. You'd never go mm. down the road. You you chose your club, and that's where you were at. Yeah, and I think with the introduction of AFLW and that pathway it's taken that element away from the playing group Mm. but I think it's retained in the outer sanctum so everyone on the outside of that has really kept that community vibe and everyone's in it to work together and they're a big extended family Mm. and they've kind of taken the reins where the players now don't have that choice anymore Mm. Um, so I think that's something that's kind of kept it's kept its roots in community footy in that way as opposed to it as opposed to I guess the the players choosing yeah these days yeah Mm. yeah that's awesome um 
And I was, uh, yeah, I was going to ask, like, how important do you think building those relationships within footy, whether it's with other people in the outer, um, other photographers, as well as players, how important do you think that trust piece is at this stage in time? Yeah, ma- massive, massively important. Mm. Um, for me as a freelancer, I think it opens the door to more work mm. if people know that you're not going to abuse the privilege for the community, and I think it's it's not even at a at a club level specifically or a player level specifically. I think it branches out to to everything, even the, the AFL as a whole. Mm. If you're putting out good work or selecting things that are gonna keep the brand and the integrity of the brand in a positive light, I think then you earn respect from your peers. And they're kind of they're happy to have you there. Then you know you're not gonna you're not gonna rock up, and you know. I don't know. Take photos that are kind of not really all that appealing, and post them up, and you know, mm. kind of talk rubbish about other people or whatever. You keep it in a space that's very respectful and very, um, I guess, just just keep it positive like everyone's trying to achieve the same goal everyone's trying to grow the game to a space where you know you don't have to work two jobs or three jobs and then rock up to a game and play a game or you don't have to work a casual job and then rock up and shoot a game everyone's striving for the one thing so keeping it in a place where it's very kind of driven by respect and trust it it just kind of opens it up to more opportunity almost yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah, as you said, like everyone is in a very similar boat, whether you're a player, a coach, a photographer, like everyone is building and trying to build it into something where it, everyone working within can just focus on that one thing yeah. rather than trying to juggle a few. Yep. Yeah, which is important. I think, yeah, yeah. that is a collective It's a collective, a collective feel. Yeah. yeah, and I think everybody knows that, you know, working working a job and playing footy, working a job and shooting, working a job and coaching, that's not going to be a forever thing. Mm. But we need to push now while we can to lift everybody up to then make it a space where we can all do this full time and mm. not have to worry about the rest. Yeah, mm. absolutely. Um, I was going to ask, do you think much before posting an image before you actually publish an image do you think uh, like whether it's a, an injury or a hard loss or anything like do yeah. you put much thought into what impact that might have on a player or um sometimes yes and sometimes no time <laughs> restraints and like making sure i've got content uh, plays a big part in that yeah but if i know something's happened in a game and it's a really powerful shot or it's uh, quite time sensitive in terms of what's gone on, uh, then yes, I actively look for that kind of stuff. Mm. Uh, Come the end of a season, it's very much just, I just try and fill out the space as much as I can. Um, And so that kind of lends itself a little nicer, uh, kind of a little, yeah, nicer to portraits or, um, I don't know, stuff that I, I kind of wouldn't look at twice while I'm kind of quickly sifting through things, it's going through things with a bit more of a fine-tooth comb and, mm. you know, then if someone's had a good game or if, you know, it's been a rough time of the season or whatever um, and I haven't had the opportunity, then there's still a space for it. But um, I think 
yeah, if there's been something big that's kind of happened throughout a game that that automatically gets pushed to the front of the line mm. and then everything else kind of fills the space around that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, cool. And since you've been – like you have a unique lens on the game um, and you have for a number of years, how have you seen the, sh- the space shift and change over the past, say, five or six years? What have, what have you seen? Um, w as a whole or just kind of my, my space? Oh, I guess however you want to approach it. Uh, the whole landscape has changed massively. Mm. Um, I think, like we were saying before, the thing that drew me into footy was um, there was a massive part of that that was family. And once you're in, you're in. And you're part of the team. It didn't matter if you were cutting sandwiches, cutting oranges... Or if you were, you know, number one midfielder and had won the BNF every year. Mm. So I think over time that aspect in terms of a playing group has diluted a little bit given that people have had to spread out and interact with people from other clubs and now you're playing on the same team and, you know, you've, you're have you not playing with your mates that you've been playing with for the past ten years kind of thing. Um, but in saying that, I think the outer has very much maintained the fabric of what the players brought to the game in the early days. Um, I think young girls coming through now are very fortunate to have the pathway that they do. I think there were players who didn't get this opportunity because it wasn't built for them or made for them um, who could see what was going to happen in five, ten years and decided that they wanted to do something about it. Mm. Um, I think it's fitting that International Women's Day was yesterday and so many of the women that didn't get a chance to run out on the first night of W were the women who looked at... It's, it's essentially looking at a paddock and seeing what you can do with it. You know, you can put up a bunch of houses, you can, you know, leave it as a dry bit of dirt and dust yeah um but they saw the potential in i guess what what was a dead end at the time there wasn't really much else going on but they challenged that and pushed the boundaries so if not for them there would be no growth i don't think um they were the ones who really decided that they wanted to have a crack and they wanted to do better and they knew that they could do better Mm. so i think without them um yeah the space would have I mean, it may have grown. It may have just grown in a completely different way. But I think having those people push it, um, yeah. I mean, it, it's it's quite a recent thing too. Like you look 10 years ago, the, the space was completely different. Yeah. You know, it was – you could go to the pub after a game and and yeah. not worry about recovery and not worry about what you were eating and you rock up to training on a, a Wednesday night and a Friday night and, mm. and you'd be right. Now – it's very fine-tuned. It's completely different. Yeah, 100%. It's yeah. changed so much. Um, yeah, I often think about the women who, you know, eight years ago yeah. who were just like, no, we're going we're yeah. to push, we're going to push, we're going to push. Um, and I think it's so important for us players now to remember that and yeah. to think about where we can push it. Absolutely. And I think even to realise, like, for them, that was that was big because you would have to do a little bit of self-reflection and understand that what you were building towards you might not play an active part in. 
Mm. But to still give that much of yourself to create something that is going to be beneficial for people other than yourself, Mm. I think really speaks a lot of the community and the kinds of people that started in this space and really wanted to to grow it. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Mm. Um, Where... Oh yeah, where where do you see yourself going within your own creative field? Like, do you do you want to be a, a full time photographer? Do you like do you see yourself expanding to other sport? Yeah, um, initially the aim when I was at uni actually was was to create an entire media space, mm-hmm. and I realised that very quickly in one year that was going to be very hard to do (laughs) I couldn't write everything take pictures you know edit everything and have everything kind of like nice and sparkly and ready to present uh so I I focus I moved my focus to to one point I think moving forward the aim is to I guess grow the brand to a space where um I guess there are more people or I, I get the opportunity to champion more people, whether that be in, in other sports, whether that be moving into the outer parts of the footy world, whether that be completely moving to, you know, a business space or something like that. I just want the opportunity, I guess, to to bring up as many people as I can with the platform that I have. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I love shooting. So for me, shooting full-time is is definitely the aim and I've I've been building towards that for a little while um but yeah just I guess maintaining the integrity of the space that I've created mm-hmm. and making sure that that's not um I guess compromised by e- not easy jobs but like uh jobs that would take me away from the space where I'm I feel most joy and I feel like I can give most creatively. Um, I feel like, you know, I could go and shoot a wedding every weekend if I really wanted to, but that would take away from the space where I'm happiest. It would take away from an entire community that I've created around what I do and it just wouldn't fulfil me in the same way. Mm. So I'm much happier for it to be a slower burn and to move into spaces in a slow way and really create meaningful connections with the people in those spaces to then be able to give back in a way that's meaningful for me and for the recipient of my work yeah yeah so I'm, I'm not I don't to answer your question I'm not too sure where not it's gonna sure. go we'll, we'll play it by ear but um yeah. I don't know I feel like if you're in a space for the right reasons the right opportunities come your way it's just mm-hmm. your job to see them and grab them yeah so I'm I'm more than happy with playing my role here and grabbing the opportunities as they come. Mm. Yeah. I feel like you're acutely aware of where your values lie and what <laughs> what brings you joy. So I think you'll always be pulled back. Yeah, it's, it's a place. gut feeling thing as well, you know, like mm. I, going back to the uni thing, you know, for me something that, that I was going to hang on a wall for one night to show my friends and family my gut was telling me that that wasn't beneficial. Mm. I wasn't going to be growing from that. I wasn't going to be, um, you know, it just it just wasn't going to be the kind of thing that would sit right with me in the future. Mm. I wanted to create something that I could 
could kind of catapult me off into a space where I would be getting work, a space where I'd be contributing, a space where people would actually be seeing my work mm. more than or longer than just one night. Yeah. Um, so I guess trying to listen to that and trying to stay in tune with that mm. will kind of guide the ship where it needs to go. Yeah. Yeah. And how much um, how much thought went into she scores as a name? Like <laughs> name. in my mind last <laughs> night, I was thinking about it, and I'm assuming it comes from like she shoots, she scores. Is that um, does it okay. come from that? So we brainstormed this at uni, and I've got a bit of a hard head, and I like to kind of like push back a little bit when, especially in the face of like discrimination or inequality things like that I'm kind of like oh well I'm not going to throw a punch I'm not going to say something smart back but I'll I'll think of a way to kind of get around it and kind of state what I want to state anyway Mm. and so we were brainstorming things at uni and um, I was like you know I want something that's not specific to what I'm doing right now because I want to be able to pivot and move around the space and whatever and yeah, she shoots, she st- she scores, came into it. And then I was like, someone had mentioned like, oh, why don't you just play on the whole sexism um, and, you know, kind of that whole makeup and women and doling them up in ways where they're not even, they don't even look like athletes anymore. Mm. Um, and use like a bit of a play on words, like she scores, like sh- has she scored a guy? Has she scored a goal? Has she right. scored a, you know... And so I was like, huh, that's that's kind of really clever because people don't really know what it is until they go in and look at it and then you move into it and there's a bunch of girls that are running around on a footy field mm. that it's it's completely different to what, you know, someone might expect. Um, and I was like, yeah, that's that's not bad. That's got a nice kind of – I reckon that would stick. And it did. Yeah. That's mm. awesome. I love hearing where – something evolves from yeah and when it has those multi-layers I think it's very powerful it's like it opened it up to kind of being a little more provocative and then you look at it and you're just kind of like this is not provocative at all like this is kind of (laughs) it's it's all right you know yeah (laughs) it's a safe space yeah yeah that's so great Mm. um well I think yeah I've I've asked most of the things I wanted to ask but I wanted to finish in um just thanking you for all the work you've done so far in documenting this space I know at the moment you're in it it's Mm. a hustle um but I'm sure in you know I hope in in years to come you can look back and see how much you've contributed to history and creating that safe space for players to feel safe and to feel like um they are scoring week after week um and yeah I, I think the work you do is so important and you cared about doing it before many other people did so yeah I just wanted to say thank you and that you're a trailblazer and history (laughs) will will show that um and I was trying to think of how I see you uh, uh, and I thought of the meme of um Chris Jenner holding the video camera being like (laughs) you're doing great sweetie because I just feel like yeah Yeah. I just feel like you are that supportive you're like that supportive friend on the sideline and I think when people look through your 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 body of work, they'll be able to see that warmth and that support through through the lens because um, yeah, I think because people know you're behind the lens, that's that's what they show and that's what they give to you. Like you have that unique 
um, edge to your photos. So well, that's so nice. Thanks, stars. Yeah. No, thank <laughs> you for your work. It's so important, thank and you. I know the girls are they love what you do. So yeah, thank and you. I think I kind of should extend a thank you to. Um, I mean, I, I kind of did a bit of a spiel about you before, but um, yeah, to you and to a lot of the girls who who you know may not have known who I was or whatever. I like to kind. I wanted to kind of keep that under wraps for a little bit, mm-hmm. just for people to kind of do what they do and not feel like they have to act up in front of a camera or whatever but um to the girls who have kind of figured it out along the way and have you know sent an encouraging message or um even just little things like like offering to pay for work or or you know offering to oh can I can I buy this or can I do this or can I give you something in return Mm -hmm. things like that are really encouraging for us especially um but to know that I've contributed to a space where what I'm doing is well received by by the subjects that are frontline in on the other side of that mm-hmm. um, really means a lot. So yeah, thanks to thanks to you girls for for pushing and you know giving me stuff to shoot and and giving me a space where um, I guess I can feel like I can come in now quite confidently and and introduce myself or be a part of that kind of space. Um, yeah, in a really in a really safe and inviting way. Yeah, it means a lot. Thanks. Yeah, awesome. Well, it's yeah, it's awesome, and I, I can't wait to see uh, where you take things next and the spaces you continue to create. Mm. Thank you. No, thanks. <laughs>